My name is Anthony P. Richards. I'm a pastor and I started this podcast channel to equip, encourage, inspire and challenge you to passionately live to your potential in Christ through the Word of God. For more information, you can go to my YouTube channel, Anthony P. Richards. We continue our journey through the Word of God. Today we're going to be continuing through 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and we're going to be starting at verse 17 and going through to verse 28 today to look at what the Apostle Paul starts to share with the church in Corinth that you have a calling in your life. All these questions that you're asking me, they're distractions from your calling. You can live for God in the place where you are. You don't need him to change your circumstances. You can live as called right where you are now. And this is where he starts to really encourage them. He, he's starting to, he starts this off with the word but because he's just answered all their questions or a lot of their questions. And then he says, but as God has distributed to each one, as the Lord has called each one, so let him walk. And so I ordain in all the churches. It doesn't matter whether you're married, single, divorced, widowed, remarried, separated, uh, whatever. God can work in your life. And instead of thinking that you can or will work for the, the Lord when somehow all of a sudden your station in life changes, then just start walking for God right now in the place where you are. It's a warning about trying to undo the past in relationships. God tells us to repent of whatever sin there is in our life and move on. And if you're married to your second wife and you wrongfully divorced your first wife then and you become a Christian, don't think now you've got to leave your second wife and go back to your first wife trying to undo the past. As the Lord God has called you, walk in that place right now. So let him walk. It's a warning to beware of the danger of thinking that somehow other people have it better than you do in their in the ease of their walk because they're in a different station of life. It doesn't matter nearly as much whether you're married, single, divorced, remarried. What matters is that you have a walk with Jesus that is worthy of the Lord. That's what matters. Paul goes on in verse 18 and says, Was anyone called while circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Was anyone called while uncircumcised? Let him not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing. And uncircumcision is nothing. But keeping the commandments of God, that's what matters. Let each one remain in the same calling in which he was called. Paul is saying that if you were circumcised when you became a Christian, fine. If you were not circumcised when you became a Christian, fine. No worries. Those things don't matter. What matters is serving the Lord where you are right now. Paul's point is not about circumcision. It's just an example. Being circumcised or uncircumcised, it's irrelevant when it comes to serving God. And so is your current marital state. So he's saying, listen, doesn't matter. Just do what God's called you to do. Verse 21, were you called while a slave? Do not be concerned about it. But if you can be made free, rather use it. For he who is called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freed man. Likewise, he who is called while free is Christ's slave. You were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of men. Brethren, let each one remain with God in that state in which he was called. A slave can please God as a slave. He should not live his whole life thinking, well, I can't do anything for God now because I'm a slave. But I, if I was free, man, I could I could do a lot for God. No, you can do a lot 
and serve God where you are now. But if you can be made free, rather use it. In saying that a slave can please God, Paul does not want any slave to think that God does not want him to be free. If he has the opportunity to be free, you should take it, Paul says. But don't think just because you're a slave, God can't use you. And then he says, now don't become slaves of men. This is true not only in regard to actual literal slavery, of course, but spiritually also. We're never to put ourselves under the inappropriate control of or influence of anybody. Spurgeon said this, Do not follow even good men slavishly. Do not say, I am of Paul or I am of Apollos or I am Calvin or I am of Wesley. Did Calvin redeem you? Did Wesley die for you? Who is Calvin and who is Wesley but ministers by whom you believed as the Lord gave unto you? Do not so surrender yourself to any leadership that you rather follow the man than his master. I will follow anybody if he goes Christ's way, but I will follow nobody by the grace of God if he does not go in that direction. Brethren, let each one of you remain with God in that calling in which he was called. The the principle is across every part of our lives, married, unmarried, circumcised, uncircumcised, slave, free. Seek God's best. Be used by him right now where you are. Let each one remain with God in that calling in which he was called. Don't continue in the same sinful course that you were on once you are saved. You were on that before. Now you're saved. Now remain on the course that God has for you not the course that you were living before. So then Paul goes on, says, listen, let me answer some more questions because the church in Corinth had a whole lot of questions about whether marriage and singleness is right before God or does he have any favourites. Verse 7, Now concerning virgins, I have no commandment from the Lord, yet I give judgment as one whom the Lord in his mercy has made trustworthy. I suppose, therefore, that this is good because of the present distress, that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be loosed. Are you loose from a wife? Then do not seek a wife. But even if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, such will have trouble in the flesh. But I would spare you. Paul's now going to deal with the unmarried, whom he refers to as virgins, even though they all might not have technically been virgins, and uh, they they should have been. But Paul says he's talking about people who aren't married. I have no commandment from the Lord, yet I give judgment. We're not, we're not supposed to think that Paul's any less inspired here, but because he deals with the life situations that differ from person to person, he cannot and is not going to give a commandment. But he is going to give him some inspired advice and some principles to live by. It is good for a man to remain as he is. Paul is speaking to the never married man. And he recommends, hey, listen, if you can remain as you are, great. That means either remaining single or remaining married. Why? Because of the present distress. In the church in Corinth, there was some kind of local persecution or problem. There was some kind of distress 
And Paul says, because of that, there are advantages to remaining single. Also because of this distress, then a man should also remain as he is if he's married. What is the advantage of remaining single? Let's talk about that. Uh, you can easily imagine, I know many circumstances, in a time of persecution or crisis, how much of a burden it is if you have a wife and a family and you are committed to standing strong for the Lord. Because you might say, well, torture me and I'll never renounce Jesus. But what if we were threatened with the murder of our children and our wives? And that can seem far away. Uh, but they were not far away to Christians in the first century and they were not far away from Christians less than 100 years ago. The story of Francis Gadjanistic, who was a, uh, a priest, unmarried priest. And during the Nazi torture, there was a married man who was uh, uh, about to be killed. Francis Gadjanistic stood, stood up and he said, hey, listen, I'm, I'm not married. I don't have a wife and a children. This man does. I'll die in his place because I know I'm going straight to heaven and I'm all good with that. That man, let, let him go back to his wife and children. And they, that's what happened. And he gave his life. So what's the advantage in remaining married? That's the advantage in remaining single. What's the advantage in remaining married? Is that when you are in a time of great distress, your family needs you more than ever and you need your family. So don't abandon your wife and children now. So then Paul says, are you bound? To a wife, then don't seek to be loose. If you're loose from a wife, do not seek a wife. Paul echoes, echoes the same principle as uh, he did in verses 17 to 24 of 1 Corinthians 7. God can use us right where we are, and we shouldn't be so quick to try and change our position in life. Now, with the terms bound and loose, let's talk about that a little bit. Paul uses the vocabulary of Jewish scribes here. Because when a Jew in those days did not know if and how God's law applied to the situation, they would ask a scribe and the scribe would declare them to either be bound or loosed in regard to their particular commands. So he says, if you do marry, you've not sinned. Paul's not going to forbid marriage, but he tells those who get married, hey, you are going to have trouble in the flesh and I would spare you. Paul felt, especially for himself, that the greater advantages were to be found in being single, but he knows that, as he said in 1 Corinthians 7, earlier on, each one has his own gift from God, spiritual gift. And some, some people have a spiritual gift for marriage. He didn't feel that he had it at that time in his life. Paul never implies that being married or single is more spiritual than the other state. And that was the big error of the church in Corinth. So let's leave it there for today. What do you observe? I observe that there's a lot of things like, we're like the church in Corinth. We use our logic and rationale to try and work out the mind of God. And they say, well, that, oh, he must want me to do this then. He must. And we forget to actually just read the Bible and find out what it is that he wants us or expects us to do. Uh, so let's not be like the church in Corinth. So what do you observe out of that today? What do you get out of it? And uh, there's a lot in there. It's short, but there's a lot of meat in that today. So uh, you let me know what you what you get out of it. Heavenly Father, thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you, Lord, that no matter where we are, we are to live in our calling. Father, I pray, Lord, that we would live in our calling. We would live, we would not look to have our station in life change so that we can all of a sudden start living for you. But God, we can today live for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 
thank you so much for listening. For more content, please don't forget to check out my YouTube channel, Anthony P. Richards. Have a great day. Thank you.